Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, what's up? It's JVT and Humans for the next 60 minutes, so we got a lot to get to. We were neither dilly or dally because we got a lot to go on, man. College football, National Football League, and shockingly enough, which what we open the show with here. Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. because there's a lot going on in the world of Major League Baseball. We should note that if you're with us right now, stick around 1.30 p.m. Pacific time. Brian Edwards, professional handicapper, will be with us to go over the college football slate. With that, Matt Eumann's history made last night. Got to start with the Cardinals, right? 17th consecutive win for the St. Louis Cardinals. They clinch a postseason berth just like we all expected yesterday, the St. Louis Cardinals. That's incredible what they've been able to do up to this point. Uh, they put away the Milwaukee Brewers, yep. and uh, they've been putting everybody away. The, now the question is, what type of lineup will they put on the field the day after clinching a playoff spot? And if you're going to bet against the Cardinals, tonight might be the night. Miles Michaelis on the mound, a slight favorite against uh, the Brewers. Not that I want to bet against the Cardinals, right. but this might be a spot where you'd look to do it because uh, they clinched last night, and they might not put their A team on the field today. Well, you see this. I put this together just for you, Matt Eumann, because I know you'll love these sort of things. So these are the evolving postseason odds for the St. Louis Cardinals over the last uh, two months. So on August 8th, it hit rock bottom. They had a 1.3% chance. What team could ever come back from 1.3%? A 1.3% chance. So you get to August 15th, and and these are key dates. So on August 15th, they actually just completed a six-game sweep of the Pirates and the Royals. So they win six consecutive games. Their percentage of getting to the postseason goes from 1.3% to 5.8% by the time you get to August 15th. 
on September 1st. They play like 500 ball, actually a little below 500 for two weeks. It hasn't really gone very well. So by the time you get to September 1st, you're talking about just a 5.6% chance to win Mm -hmm. a postseason berth. 5.6%. That's almost impossible. Almost impossible. And then they lose four consecutive games. They lose four straight. They lose two to Milwaukee. They lose two to the Dodgers. And you're like, oh, man, it's over. 4.7% chance. So you can't come back. It's over. It's done. And then what happens? They rip off this winning streak, and actually it's 17 straight. They've also won 19 out of 20 because, remember, they won two straight. Mm -hmm. They beat the Dodgers in the back end of a four-game set, lost to the Reds, and then just went running from there to go from a 4.7% chance to a 73.5% chance on September 19th to last night locking it up 100%, baby. Look at those, man. That's one of the greatest stories ever told in baseball. You go from 1.3% to 100%. In less than two months? Right. Wow. Now, for those, because I know I know what you're going to say, these <laughs> models, all these things, the 1.3% happened, okay? That's what we're looking at here. Uh-huh. On August 8th, the 1.3% happened. So if you're going to be like, these numbers mean nothing, they do. The 1.3% is just what occurred in this simulation. It sure did. It did. Cardinals are on fire. It's insane what we're looking at in baseball right now because the Dodgers are going to win 104, 105 games. They're going to play the Cardinals, a team on a 20 game win streak in a wild card game. So uh, let me ask you if the Giants can hold on. Right. And man, that was a nail biter last night with the Giants. It was. Uh, Really quickly, before we get to the Dodgers or the Giants, I will ask you this. Your overall thoughts on this team in terms of the St. Louis Cardinals, like big picture wise, is this just a good story that flames out in the wild card round? Or is it, look, in a one off game, anything can happen? Like, what is the legitimacy of the Cardinals competing for a National League pennant in your Well, mind? I mean, obviously, if they get through the wild card game, they can win the thing. Okay. And uh, you know, baseball is a game of streaks. And right now, this is a hot team. Nobody wants to face the Cardinals. I thought for the first three, four months of the season, they were severely underachieving. I actually said in uh, late July, early August, I didn't know at that point, JVT, that it was a 1%, 2% chance. But I mm-hmm. said, if there's a team that might get hot in the National League, and make a run at the playoffs, it could be the Cardinals. And uh, they actually did it. I wish I would have bet on it at the time. I didn't bet on it at the time, but the Cardinals now winning 17 in a row, I I think, believe they can beat anyone. So, yeah, it's going to be a dangerous team, but that's the tricky aspect of the wild card. In a one-game playoff, are you going to beat Max Scherzer? You're going to be an underdog in that one-game playoff to Mad Max. Yep. And and think about it. Odds aren't really set, obviously, based on like uh, models like this, and this is courtesy of fan graphs. Um, but if you had had playoff prices out there based on those probabilities, you're talking about a ticket that would have been in the range of 76 to one. I mean, on realistic, the to make realistically, the it should have been around 100 to one. Right, right, right. somewhere <laughs> in that range. But like that's that's what we're talking about. What right. just happened here for the St. Louis Cardinals and the way that they have done it. And really, you know, you go through that stretch of games where we talk about the the probability and all that. What really spiked their probability was from September 13th to September 19th, they had six straight games against the Mets and the Padres, and they mm-hmm. swept those. Mm-hmm. And that's what really, because you beat the teams in front of you, and you get a really good shot, and that's exactly what they did. So St. Louis, and like you mentioned today, really big letdown spot. Dave Koken was with us yesterday. He mentioned this letdown spot here today. The market has moved in that direction. We saw an overnight of St. Louis minus 125. We're at pick in some spots. We're at minus 110 in some spots. So the market's clearly moving in the direction of Milwaukee. Very good situationally for St. Louis. And I do wonder what it means as we kind of transition this over to the National League, uh, other National League. Uh, hey, before contenders. we go there, yeah. quickly, can I mention the uh, the Padres-Dodgers playing tonight? And it's That's uh, where Max, it's going to go. Yep. Okay, Max Scherzer pitching tonight as a minus 300 favorite. And uh, if you're the Dodgers, you got to set your pitching up. Who do you want to start the wild card game? Are you going to go with Walker Bueller or are you going with Max Scherzer? Who do you go with? I don't want Scherzer. Okay. I, I mean, that's who I would go with as yeah. well. 
I mean, the reason, because Bueller, and Bueller's really good. He was great again yesterday. Uh, but it, the, the weird thing with Bueller and his numbers this year is, for some reason, his strikeouts are down quite a bit. Like, he's he's actually pitching. I don't know if it's a purposeful thing, pitching to contact a little bit more, whatever it is, but the ball's just getting in play a little bit more on him. He's not striking guys out as much. And Scherzer is, you know, look, been there, done that, high-end pitcher, all of those sort of things. It's not that I dislike Walker Bueller. Mm-hmm. I just like Max Scherzer so much in those spots. And he's going to pitch. He's going to give you like 120 pitches until his arm falls off. Yeah, I, th- I think the question, it's only a question because Max Scherzer pitches tonight and yeah. Bueller pitched last night. So Bueller would be the more rested pitcher for the wild card game. But I, I don't think there's any doubt that if uh, all things being even, you go with Mad Max and you might still go with Mad Max anyway in the playoff if um, neither, of those, neither of these guys pitch over the weekend. Now, if the Dodgers have to win a game to win the division, mm. everything could be a little bit different. On uh, Sunday, but right now I, th- I think it appears, especially because the Giants have the tiebreaker over the Dodgers. They won the season series ten to nine. I kind of feel like, and they got two games with the D-backs coming up. You feel like the Giants are going to hold on to this lead? I think so. It seems like right. it. Like it, it's the real estate's just running out, and they're just keeping the Dodgers at arm's length, winning games mm-hmm. like they did last night, and just maintaining this two-game lead. Now anything can happen. But I wanted to ask you this: so the Cardinals clinch a playoff spot, right? So now the spot here today would be let down for St. Louis. Uh, one of the relief pitchers was quoted as being like, "I couldn't believe it. Uh, I thought at one point during the game, like, wow, we're actually going to do this." So it's like it's a really emo- <laughs> it is like it's emotional letdown to do that, finally clinch it, get the shirts, whatever it is, and then go and play another game today. What's it like for a team like the Padres, who are officially eliminated last night and kind of have nothing to play for, even though it's a division rival? And yesterday, you and I were texting about mm-hmm. this. Probably shouldn't have been a little bit more lopsided than it really was. Dodgers, 2 of 13 run, runners in scoring position. Or excuse me, 2 of 11, 13 guys left on. But I wonder what this is like for the Padres now, too, in terms of an emotional spot for them. Well, it's a flat spot. Yeah, flat Every, spot. Everything's a flat spot from here on out right, for the yeah. Padres. And uh, I think it's been that way for the last uh, few weeks. The Padres... I think knew they were out of it. That's when you saw Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado <laughs> getting a, a near fight in the dugout in St. Louis. I yeah. think these guys were frustrated. They knew they weren't going to the playoffs. Now, last night, you Darvish had a 650 ERA in September, and you think, well, if you're going to play the run line on the Dodgers, this would be the night with Walker Bueller. And the Dodgers just squandered a lot of scoring opportunities. And it didn't two nothing the whole game. Yeah, I parlayed the Dodgers and the Giants last night. I, I toyed with the idea of, of playing the run line, but, man, I, I think I told you last week, yep. last seven or eight times I bet the run line, team won by one run. So yep. I give up on that. Run lines were created by the devil. Right. Uh, I just parlayed the Dodgers, Giants, and let it roll. It was like I think the parlay price came out to plus 110 on two big favorites, and the Dodgers at minus 180 weren't that big of favorites. Tonight, they're minus 300, a lot tougher to do. Yeah, and uh, yesterday, too, I knew it was coming. When the ninth inning started, I'm like, it's just going to be a solo <laughs> shot. Like, it's going to be a solo shot because I, I did put a little on the, on the Dodgers at minus one and a half. Ah, that one hurt. Yep, yeah. sitting on 2 nothing the whole way, and then I'm like, they're just not adding to this. Like, it's yeah. going to be a solo shot, and it's going to be a 2-1 win, and sure enough, it was. Uh, by the way, you Darvish yesterday, 493, expect a fielding independent for that individual game. So just to give you an idea of they probably should have done a little bit more damage against them at that spot. So we get all of this. There was also a pretty big game in the NL East last night in which, again, it was a 2-1 final, Mm -hmm. and the Philadelphia Phillies cannot take advantage of certain indications, so they fall to the Atlanta Braves 2-1. They're going to play yet again here today. Aaron Nola is going to get the start against the Atlanta Braves. Max Fried's going to be on the other side, and this isn't it per se, but this is you got to win this game. you got to win the rest of the series if my Phillies are going to stay alive in this division. 
and they just can't. There is no timely hitting. Last night, it was Galvis, I think, who ultimately was the last out. You have a 3-0 count in your favor, and he ultimately ends up getting struck out looking. Like, it's just, it has been an abomination the way this Phillies offense has been operating in these big, these big situations. Yeah, you're down three and a half with six games to go. Really backed against the wall. This is a must win for the Phillies. That's yep. the only way to put it. That's a cliche a lot of times. It's true in this game. It is. So do you take the plus 127? Me? No. I know you're not. I was going to say. I'm, Aaron I'm, Nola <laughs> against Max Freed. Uh, I don't. I feel like the uh, the price on the Phillies is a little higher than it should be. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I've got a ticket on the Braves to win this division at plus 175. So that's my bet writing out the uh, season on the Braves. Yeah, and Nola, look, Nola is one of those guys that consistently this year, his numbers are better than, or excuse me, are worse than really what you're getting right, from him. Right. ERA is 464, but a 330 expected fielding independent. He's not walking guys. He's striking them out. It's still a really disappointing. Yep. yep, he's been extremely disappointing. So, And he's shown flashes here and there, but just like consistent baseball up to this point. So I think if I had nothing in terms of the futures in this, I'd probably be on the side of the Philadelphia Phillies. But uh, considering my financial investment at this point, not so much. And we didn't look at this is all the National League. We barely get time for the American League. You get Giancarlo Stanton homering for the fourth time wow. in four games yesterday. The New York Yankees are able to take it uh, to the um, Toronto Blue Jays. So now you get New York, Boston, Seattle, Toronto, and Oakland mathematically all contending for the two final AL wildcard spots which is ridiculous. You see that right there. Yankees have a two-game lead right now because they've won uh, four or five straight. And then, of course, teams that aren't even playing for anything, like guy like Sal Perez, who continues to rake. It continues to be absolutely incredible for ESPN Stats and Info. We had this. We can get back to it, too, later in the show. According to Elias Sports, latest into a season, a primary catcher has led the majors outright in homers since Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench. 1972. Man, if you're in the same sentence as a catcher with Johnny Bench, Carlton Fisk, you're doing something right. I'm not sure I trust Garrett Cole tonight to win for the Yankees. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Did we pack enough in there? I think so. All right. Do the numbers when we come back. Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band. They all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, it's Wednesday. It means Point Spread Weekly is out. Make this football season your best one ever by checking that out and more over on vcin.com. You can start your free trial today. Get full access to everything that we have to offer, including 24-7 live video streaming and much more. All of that for only 22 bucks a month. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Look at this. This week's issue. Brady, Belichick, cover story. The GOAT returns to New England. Wow. Who Is wrote that, that right? one? Who wrote that Is one? Is that this week? That's yeah. not me. Uh, humans. I wrote, the about the, I wrote about Ole Miss, Alabama. Right. Yeah. Evaluating week four contest plays. That's uh, via Brady Cannon. And, of course, not Danny Burke, Adam Burke. Situational spots for maximum value. There's also a really good piece about what you learned from week three. That's from NFL. you. That's from me, yeah. vcin.com slash subscribe. This week's issue available now in all capital letters. Hey, I have a movie review coming up the, this week. Want me to do it tomorrow? Uh, yeah. I went to movie theater for the first time in two years. I was going to say, get out of here. What'd huh? you see? Can you at least tell us the movie? I'm going to let you just guess. You know what it was. Paw Patrol. Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I don't remember the time. I know what it is though. Cry Macho. Yeah. Did you like I'm not, it? I'm not going to okay, give okay. it away. Movie uh, review on tomorrow. I'm really show. looking forward to this because I will say that there was one point the other day, like two weeks ago, 
where that preview came on the TV and you looked at it and you go, ah, Clint, what are you doing? So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the review is going to be. I got a one-minute movie review for you tomorrow on uh, Clint Eastwood's likely final film. Cry Macho? Cry Macho. Okay, what a title. Uh, That's only what you do, by the way. You only cry macho Uh, With that, let's go to what we learned from last week. We call this Do the Numbers. And one day, pending approval, we'll have uh, some really fancy imaging for you. But let's just start... With we're going to go through three different teams, three different games to tie this into this week, humans. But let's start with the Carolina Panthers. And I think this look, the Panthers are a pretty fascinating team because there are two teams, and there's multiple three and zero teams, but there's two three and zero teams: the Panthers and the Raiders. That I find really intriguing, given what they have done up to this point, mm-hmm. right? And yes, we can talk about the Broncos too, but the Panthers are intriguing because I think there's room for them to actually be good, given what they've done defensively through the draft and all of those things. But I think there's real questions about this. But one of my biggest questions for the Carolina Panthers is actually on the offensive side of the ball, right? We could talk about the quarterbacks they faced, but if you look at the numbers behind their offensive line, this is an issue to a certain extent. Their PFF pass blocking grade at this point right now, 47th. That is the third lowest one in the National Football League. Their pressure rate at this point, 29.8%. So on 29.8% of just all dropbacks, right, Sam Darnold is getting pressured. Right. If you look at true pass sets, again, they eliminate screens, three-man rushes, all those things, just legitimately true pass sets when you're talking like three, five, seven-step drops. He's getting pressured on 46.5% of those dropbacks. Nearly half of them. That's insane. And he's getting hit on 7% of his dropbacks, like physically hit, right? So those are all, to me, some numbers that at some point, that is going to be a problem. And you even go back, by the way, too. We saw it pop up. How about Houston? He was pressured, Sam Darnold, 18 times on 40 pass blocking snaps on 20 true pass sets in that Houston game. Starting offensive line allowed 14 pressures. And four of the five posted a PFF uh, pass blocking grade individually of 49 or lower. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is I think, a, a very big weakness for Carolina outside of, hey, maybe the defense isn't as good as we think it is. So now as you kind of look forward to this, and I, what I'm really intrigued by is this matchup with Dallas. Micah Parsons moves to true edge rusher. He has done a really solid job in that role. This Cowboys defense over the last couple of weeks has looked a little bit better. They were getting after Justin Herbert. They had him in the grasp on that play near the end of the game, right? They got after Jalen Hurts as well. Micah Parsons is doing a really good job in that position. And the biggest thing for me is with Christian McCaffrey injured, what does that mean for this passing attack? Because the one thing, and I noted this in the article, Joe Brady has done a really good job of quick passes. Because we don't want to take advantage. You want other teams to take advantage of this. 67 pass attempts from either behind the line of scrimmage or no more than nine yards downfield for Sam Darnold up to this point this year. So you kind of offset that. But that's with Christian McCaffrey on the field for majority of those snaps. If he starts to take deeper drops, if they're starting to push this ball downfield because they don't trust the back like Christian McCaffrey, what does that mean for this offense overall? And I think as we look at this for Carolina, kind of bringing this back to the final point, which is I do think the Cowboys are going to be pretty live if the market continues to drive this down at like four and a half or four. Yeah, it's going to be on the Panthers' defense to keep this game close. Right. And we'll see how legit those Panthers' defensive numbers are. Another, another number, not on your chart here, uh, to reflect, I think, the weakness of the Carolina offensive line, the top 15 running backs in the league by yardage. Who's got the lowest yards per carry? Christian McCaffrey yep. of those 15 at 3.9 yards per carry. So uh, they're not a really good run-blocking line either. I think the reason Sam Darnold's had uh, a lot of quick passes is because the coaching staff realizes – this is not a line that can protect the passer for very long, so we got to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Yep, absolutely. And, and to your point, if you look at football outsiders, and it's just one simple metric, but if you're talking about adjusted line yards per carry, which is essentially what your offensive line is responsible for in the running game, right now they are 24th in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. So it, it just speaks to it's a really weak unit. And at some point, 
that is going to be taken advantage of by a certain team. And, and I think this is potentially the week that that's going to happen, especially if the market's going to continue to push it down in that direction. Next up, this is the Las Vegas Raiders. And so I think there is a, a certain legitimacy to the Raiders as well. And I think it's on the offensive end. You know, I have a 25 to one ticket on Derek Carr now to win MVP. They have been a top 10 offense in terms of efficiency each of the last two years. So there's some legitimacy to that. The defensive side of the ball, though, is a completely different story. But through this point right now, look at some of these numbers for the Raiders defense. Overall PFF grade defensively, the second best in the National Football League at 79.2. Their pass rushing grade is the best in the National yeah. Football League at 87.2. Overall pressures, fourth most at 36. Yards per play allowed, ninth best rate right there at 5.3 per play. And then third down rate allowed. They're only allowing opponents to convert on the third of their third down attempts, 33.3%. That's sixth best in the National Football League. However, Mm -hmm. the Steelers and the Dolphins are 28th and 31st in offensive yards per play. It's two of their opponents. And when you talk about the pass rushing numbers, the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens are two of the worst pass blocking lines in the National Football League. Remember, we talked about it on Monday night. 20 true pass sets when the Ravens were here in town. Lamar Jackson got pressured on all 20 of them. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at this for the Las Vegas Raiders, and this spins this to what this week is going to be like, is I think for me, I want to bet the Raiders one more time. I've been on them all three weeks. I feel jilted by what happened because they allowed, you know, Jacoby Brissett and the Dolphins to get in the end zone at the end of that game, right? That was really (laughs) tough. But I think the Chargers have the personnel, especially if they're going to be thin in the secondary, like we've talked about, to really expose kind of what we've seen from the Raiders defensively. They've been good, and right. it's a positive you can take advantage of bad teams, but those numbers are clearly not what the Raiders are. Yeah, sometimes you can say, well, the schedule's weak, but if you're taking care of business right. against bad teams, that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, in this case, I don't think the Raiders' defense is as good as the numbers reflect right now. I really don't. And I love the pass rush, the improved pass rush with uh, Ngakwe and Max Crosby. That defensive line's pretty good. Yeah. I still think the secondary is pretty soft, and it's going to get exposed at some point. Maybe they're like the 15th or 14th best pass rush in the NFL, not the best pass rush in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's probably not the best. It could be top 10. It's probably not the best, but I still think the weakness of the Raiders' defense that's going to get exposed is the secondary, and uh, they don't have a lot of depth. I I don't believe John Gruden says they have depth and they have a lot of talent back there, but that's coach speak. Yeah. Well, they signed a lot of bodies. That's what yeah, they did. I don't did. typically see it. I mean, Damon Arnett's former first-round pick who can't cover anybody. Yep. Every And you know why he can't cover – you know what the tell is that he can't cover anybody? Every opposing offense picks on him. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So with that, we get to the final one, and I know you're going to be behind this as well because this is a topic that you and I have discussed a lot. And part of this is injury, not so much just the talent that they have. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed Richard Sherman for a reason. They are thin at corner. The two injuries, right? There's a third guy that is dealing with a rib injury as well consistently on a week-to-week basis. Mm-hmm. The secondary has had problems. And the Rams did a really great job of exacerbating one of their biggest issues, which is short, quick passes. So these are three different deep, medium, and short passing attempts by opposing quarterbacks. Deep is 20 or more yards downfield. Medium is 10 to 19. Short is 0 to 9 yards downfield. And you can see the one thing that sticks out is on short passes, 81% completion, 6.7 yards per attempt, but six touchdowns to two interceptions, and both of those were Matt Ryan. Dak Prescott and Matt Stafford completely picked them apart Mm -hmm. on short passes down the field. Look at the intermediate ones or the medium ones, 10 to 19, 60% completion, 10.5 yards per attempt, one touchdown, a big-time throw rate of 10%, which is on those 10% of those dropbacks. The deep balls are going to be a little bit more random, but you saw Deshaun Jackson burn them multiple times last weekend. It was just that Stafford couldn't get the ball to him. We missed him on multiple deep, uh, deep routes. This is going to, I think, be a problem for Tampa Bay, but not so much in the, hey, watch out, they're going to start losing these games. 
all three games have gone over the total so far, Matt, because the offense is awesome and the defense has a lot of trouble stopping them. And I wonder what that means for a matchup like today, uh, this coming week where the total sitting around 48-49 against an offense that hasn't looked that good. Up to right, this point. Right. Patriots are not a quick-strike offense yep. <clears throat> by any by any measure. And I, I think uh, Bill Belichick's game plan is going to be to try to run the ball and control the clock and uh, old-school type of football this week against the Buccaneers. Uh, by the way, the Bucks have one other major problem, and mm-hmm. another reason why their game's going over the total. They can't run the ball. Yep, they are last in the NFL in rushing offense. Is it last or um, no? It's second to last. Thirty-first, I think. Thirty-first ranked rushing offense, like fifty-six yards per game, and that's why Tom Brady's got to put the ball in the air forty plus times a game. Uh, at some point, the Bucks are even giving up trying to run the ball, so uh, they're they're playing high, higher scoring games. By the way. Wait for some possible injury news mm-hmm. on uh, this game this week. Did you hear about this today? What's that? A source close to the Patriots said that Rob Gronkowski is expected to miss this game. Obviously, that's a source close to the Patriots who yeah. knows somebody connected to Gronk who said that Gronk's got a rib injury and he is unlikely to play in this <laughs> game this week. I know he was yeah. injured. I did not know it was to the point where he was going to miss some time. I don't think that's been reported anywhere yet. Has it? Yeah, like I said, I haven't seen it. I knew the injury was there. Didn't know that it was actually in danger of missing out. So there you go. Do the numbers. Check out more of that at Point Spread Weekly and just a lot more awesome content in there, too. On the other side, we switch gears. College football. Brian Edwards is going to be with us. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. To get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7. Video streaming, daily best bet emails, and much more, plus full access to vcin.com data and analysis. You get everything vcin has to offer for only $22 a month. Sign up now, vcin.com slash subscribe. All right, let's dive right in. Brian Edwards, professional handicapper, is with us to give us some time and look forward to the college football slate. So, Brian, it's always good to talk to you, man. Let's uh, dive right in. Let's not waste any time. And we'll start with the Clemson Tigers coming off of their second loss already, crushing against NC State. They got to as high as a 16-point favorite here against BC, but we've seen some move off of this number. Total still sits at 46.5. What is the bounce back, if any, like for Clemson this weekend? I'm not sure there's going to be any. I love Boston College (laughs) catching the big number. Uh, BC is 17-6-1 against the spread its last 24 as a road underdog, you guys remember they were up 28 to 10 late in the second quarter last year at Clemson. Uh, uh, we're up 28-13 at halftime. Ended up losing 34 to 28, but easily cover. Uh, they catch Clemson at the right time. Not only does Clemson's offense not have a pulse, but Brian Breesy, their star uh, defensive tackle, first team All ACC last year, tore his ACL last week. Out for the season, Tyler Davis, who was first-team All-ACC in 2019. He's out for seven to eight weeks. Uh, with Lynn J. Dixon transferring last week, Will Shipley uh, had become the starting running back the last two weeks. He's out for a month. James Skowski, the linebacker, heart and soul of the defense since 2016, left last week's game. Dabo said on Monday he's going to be fine, but we don't know if he's going to be ready to play this week. And I, I won't bore you with the abysmal offensive stats that Clemson has this year, but they are atrocious. I know Phil Dracovic is out, but Dennis Grossell has acquitted himself well. This is the 11th career uh, start for him, 19-8 career TDINT ratio, four rushing touchdowns. Um, BC might win this one outright. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that side, Brian, and I know you've been high on BC since the preseason and you played over the Eagles' season win total. You can grab 15.5 with BC against Clemson 
off that dream-crushing loss last week to NC State. All of Clemson's goals for the season are shot, and I think this is probably a good time to bet against a flat Tigers team as well. Uh, Vegas Insider Senior Handicapper Brian Edwards at Vegas B. Edwards. Uh, Brian, I'm going to go to... um, I'm going to go to the Arkansas-Georgia game next because you just said you wouldn't be surprised if BC wins this outright. What about Arkansas as a 19-point dog at Georgia? The Hogs have already been live dogs in two big spots against Texas and Texas A&M. What's it going to take this week against Georgia? Yeah, I, li- I like oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I like Arkansas here. Uh, a little concerned about K.J. Jefferson's knee, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to be good to play. And look, the backup, Malik Hornsby, he's a little raw but he's got, you know, track star speed, and that might pan out being elusive against Georgia's fierce uh, pass rush. And, uh, look, K.J. Jefferson is playing terrific. Um, they've got speed at all the skill positions. Um, they're tough in the trenches. And, look, Georgia's defense definitely passes the eye test, um, no question about it. But, um, look, you know, you look at their four opponents, and uh, none of them are offensive the juggernauts. In fact, UAB, which is ranked uh, 78th in the nation in total offense, is the best out of those. Uh, South Carolina and uh, Vandy and Clemson are all uh, 104th in the nation in total offense or worse. So, And another thing, people might forget because it became lopsided in the second half, but Arkansas led Georgia at halftime mm-hmm. uh, at home last year. So I like the Hawks. All right, Brian, uh, Vegas B. Edwards up on Twitter. Let's uh, let's stay in the uh, SEC. Let's go to Mizzou uh, taking on Tennessee. Missouri is uh, home here. We've seen the number come off of this three. It's a two and a half in some spots with a total of 65. And, Brian, we saw Tennessee first half kind of plucky against Florida before falling apart in the second half. Uh, what's the read here between Missouri and Tennessee? Yeah, I like Missouri here. Tyler Beatty is having a great year, 417 rushing yards. That's second in the SEC, five touchdowns, 6.3 Yards per carries also has 20 catches, 176 yards, three touchdowns. Those eight overall touchdowns are tied for first in the SEC. Under Eli Drinkwitz, Missouri has won six of its eight home games. The only losses were to Bama and to Georgia. Uh, Hendon Hooker got banged up last week. He's questionable. I think he's much better than than Joe Milton. And look, Tennessee has lost four of their last five SEC road games by double-digit margins. The only exception was winning at Vandy last year when the Commodores went 0-9. I like Mizzou. Okay, let's move on to uh, Troy and South Carolina. The Gamecocks, seven-point favorites now in most spots. Uh, Brian, you going to lay the points with South Carolina? I'm sorry, guys. You, got, you are going in and out on me. Which game do I ask All right, Troy and South Carolina with uh, Gamecocks favored by seven. Are you laying the points here? Yeah, I, I like South Carolina minus the seven. I mean, South Carolina's offense is uh, pure, pretty putrid, but uh, Troy is not very good, and South Carolina's defense is good, and Troy can't run the ball. They rank 127 out of 130 FBS teams in running the ball, number 104 uh, in total offense. And, look, South Carolina's lost back-to-back, but they were two teams that are still undefeated in Georgia and Kentucky, and South Carolina's got a stout defensive line. And, their man, their defense kept giving them chances last week, kept getting turnovers and giving the offense a chance to win. Offense just couldn't make it happen. But I think they're, they will be able to run the ball uh, offensively against Troy, and I'm going to go with South Carolina minus the seven. 
All right, Brian, I want to get your take on this SEC game. Auburn and LSU, it's a night game in Baton Rouge, and uh, it seems like uh, yesterday I was on with uh, Jimmy Ott on ESPN Radio Baton Rouge, and he said it's been forever since uh, Auburn won at LSU. Last week we saw Brian Harson, the Auburn coach, switch quarterbacks. He benched Bo Nix. He put in T.J. Finley, former uh, LSU quarterback and LSU transfer. So how do you break down this game, Tigers and Tigers, in Baton Rouge this week? I think you asked about Auburn LSU. I'm yeah. sorry, guys. Y'all okay. are going in and out on me pretty bad. But I, I like LSU here. Um, they couldn't tackle against UCLA. But, um, man, it was a really good defensive effort last week against Mississippi State. It was 28-10 to 10, uh, early, almost even mid-ish fourth quarter uh, last week. And it was a stout defensive effort. They went prevent, and Mississippi State got a bunch of yards and got those two touchdowns uh, late. But, man, Max Johnson looks terrific, 15-3. to 3. Uh, TDINT ratio uh, that and he had eight to one uh, last year, so that gives him a 23 to four TDINT ratio through six career starts. Uh, Keyshawn Butte is the best receiver in the SEC, eight uh, touchdown catches. Uh, you know, I, I'll feel better about it if you can buy that hook to mm-hmm. the key number of three. But um, Auburn obviously did not good look good last week, although they hooked me up on a halftime bet, barely, and uh, fortunately. But yeah. um, I, don't, I don't think Carson has named a starter yet. Doesn't matter to me. I, I like LSU here. I think they've righted the ship. I mean, not that they're going to you know, contend for the West, but uh, good enough to lay a short number against Auburn. I think I like LSU in that game as well, JVT. All right, Brian, let's go to the ACC. Wake Forest uh, gets a strong road win last Friday against Virginia. They're back at home against Louisville. Wake Forest, six and a half with a total of 61 and a half. What are you doing with the Wake Forest game? Oh, I love Wake Forest here. Um, they have been terrific at home. Uh, recently 11 and two, just straight up, not uh, against the spread. I know we got to cover the six and a half or seven, but uh, in those 11 wins in their last 13 home games, eight have been by double digit margins. Sam Hartman is playing terrific nine to one TD and T ratio, 66.1 completion uh, percentage, you know, nice win for Louisville against UCF. and, And, you know, they covered for me. I had them against FSU last week, but let's don't get too high on them for uh, beating the sorry semis. Uh, I think Dave Clawson's a heck of a coach, and uh, they also have an extra day of rest. Uh, Not that that matters a whole lot, but it doesn't hurt them. And they've won by margins of 32, 25, 21, and 20. I can't believe this uh, line is south of seven. Love Wake Forest. Okay, how about Florida and Kentucky with the the Gators' eight-point road favorites? Eight and a half at some spots in a series that uh, your Florida team has dominated. Yeah, we haven't lost uh, at Kentucky since 86, but we've been fortunate to escape the last three years. Uh, Mullen said today that Anthony Richardson is 100%. He lies about injuries quite <laughs> often, but I think he's being truthful this time. Now, I don't know if, you know, Wandale Robinson is playing great. And the most impressive thing to me for Kentucky is they're 4-0 and they're dead last in the country in turnover margin, minus nine. They're Star running back Chris Rodriguez leads the SEC in rushing, but he keeps fumbling the ball. And uh, if they do that, Florida will cover. Uh, right now, it's a pass for me. Now, if Florida, if the line were to drift down to seven, and I'm not implying it will, maybe I would change my mind and take the Gators. Uh, but I have a healthy respect for Will Levis, although he's, he's forced some balls and had a, a few turnovers the last two weeks. Uh, but, again, Florida mm-hmm. has been lucky as hell to escape with wins the last three visits. So, um, I, it's a yeah. pass for me right now. All right, last 30 seconds, Brian. Quick thoughts. 
on Ole Miss, Alabama, and Circus Sports open this number at 20. It's down to 14 and a half at most spots. Yeah, um, I'm probably going to go with Ole Miss. I haven't quite pulled the trigger. Um, I just, you know, Lane's had two weeks to scheme up plays. That game last year was just terrific. Alabama didn't take the two-possession lead until there was like three minutes and change left. And I love Bryce Young, but all, Alabama does not look like uh, the team they've been the last four or five years. I don't. I, I think they are beatable. Um, I think Ole Miss probably covers. Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter. Brian, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you very much. When we come back, we got best bets here on the edge. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. A reminder that before you want to make your next bet to visit vsin.com, check out the current betting splits data. You're going to be able to see where the public's betting on based on the number of tickets, money, all that good stuff. It's available for money line, over, under, and against the spread bets. Check it out today. Betting splits every game at vcin.com. You can check it out today, but there's about 10% of the action in right now. I do check think when all the action rolls in, it's still going to be a similar number on the uh, Buccaneers-Patriots game. Yes, it's going to be north of 80% on the Buccaneers uh, this week. By the way, John Murgis tweeted us and said he's watching us as he watches Paw Patrol with the little guy. I'm assuming Paw Patrol is a is a show that you have seen. So uh, have I seen? Yes. Every, uh, do I have maybe every episode memorized and seared into my brain because <laughs> that's all my child watches? Yeah, that too. Paw Patrol. Huh? Yeah, they're on a roll. That's how it goes. That's the song. Anyway, uh, Paw Patrol movie? Yeah, like 7 out of 10. Got a little boring at the end. You know, you can only do so much with Mayor Humdinger taking over Adventure City. You know what I mean? I'll pass. Okay. Uh, I'll give you my review after you give your movie <laughs> review tomorrow. With that, let's go to best bets. Uh, so uh, some additions. We didn't get to these yesterday. So a couple of additions for me. Recap what I uh, added on Monday as well. Uh, but the addition in terms of just the straight side, Falcons plus one and a half against the Washington football team. Give me the Dirty Birds at home. Uh, you, you Actually, you sent this over to me. It's, it's one of the key things here for this handicap. But we'll just start with the basic. I, I get it. Home field is not worth much anymore, but it's still worth a small smattering of one and a half, maybe one points, whatever it is. Washington shouldn't be favored on the road. Washington, when you look at almost every key metric, 28th or lower defensively, this is a team that has clearly had its issues. And we saw for at least three quarters against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if there is a soft secondary, Matt Ryan still has the capabilities of taking advantage of those. So mm-hmm. I just think this is one where I have the Atlanta Falcons as the one and a half point favorite. I think this should probably be flipped the other way. So give me the Falcons plus one and a half. I will also. What throw is them. wrong with that Washington defense right now? I don't know. Yeah. And look, I so think by by the numbers, one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, and look, there's there is something to be said, like a real like conversation, you know, in the world of analytics now, especially when football has gotten, you know, the, you know, the analytics nerds have gotten their fingers on football now, which is defense at times in football more often than not is just a product of the opponent that you face. Mm -hmm. And so the Washington football team last year got to beat up on some atrocious NFC East defenses. And so now we see them take on some somewhat competent offenses, the Chargers, the Bills, and all of a sudden it's falling apart wondering what's happening. And I think that's probably what we have seen up to this point. So I think that probably ties into it. But to tie into a little bit more on this. What's also surprising is the Washington defense looked bad against Daniel Jones and the Giants. Right. That's that's an eye-opener. Now, Daniel Jones is the fourth highest graded passer by PFF standards this year. So maybe that's something. Maybe Daniel Jones is actually having a break. Does that mean Jason Garrett's doing a great job as offensive coordinator? Uh, Or it means that Daniel Jones is (laughs) performing in spite of Jason Garrett, right? (laughs) There's also that possibility. So Falcons plus one and a half added to the list. Also threw the Falcons uh, on a uh, leg of a teaser as well. So two teasers for this weekend. This is all put in. Again, I made the small mistake. Didn't think the market was going to get overzealous with the Cardinals. I was wrong. Rams pick and then Packers minus 
minus one versus the Steelers. The other teaser that I put in, Falcons up to seven and a half, and the Chiefs down to one and a half on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Your NFL season record? Seven and four. What's your uh, contest record? Westgate nine, circa? Uh, Westgate, nine, five, and one. Nine and a half points, so four and a half. Right. You're right there in it. Dave, just won three and twos, every you know, occasional four and ones every mm-hmm. single week, and maybe get one of those quarterly, probably I guess not quarterly anymore, and, you know, make a push for the money. Avoid the one and fours. That's all you got to do, man. If you can avoid the one and fours, you're going to be in pretty good shape. you got to uh, be a consistent winner. you got a chance in these contests. All right, I just added a teaser uh, to my plays this week. I'm eight and three on the season on this show. 11-4 in the circuit contest, and I think 10-5 in the Westgate. But uh, I just added a teaser on Packers minus a half point and Bucks minus a half point. Okay. About half the books are still at 6.5 on this Buccaneers game. Uh, the Packers pretty much 6.5 across the board right now. Uh, but I'm going to tease down the Packers and the Bucks. Uh, that's my only teaser this week. Straight plays, I'm taking the Lions over the Bears, JVT. And... Um, Matt Nagy is obviously no offensive genius. I um, I had to laugh, and I got to recite these stats again because they're they're so pathetic. It's absolutely hilarious. The Bears last week totaled forty-seven net yards, forty-seven net yards for an NFL team. So they didn't make it halfway down the field. Six first downs <laughs> and averaged one point one yards per play. Wow. Justin Fields passed for sixty-eight yards, dropped for nine sacks. Matt Nagy prepared the worst possible game plan for a rookie quarterback making his first start. Right now, the Bears are scoring 13 points per game. And in fact, that's an inflated number because seven of those points are scored by the defense, or six. Uh, The Lions have faced one of the league's toughest schedules. Niners, Packers, Ravens up to this point. They actually outplayed the Packers for a half and the Ravens for long stretches. Last week, Detroit's defense held the Baltimore offense to one for ten on third downs. Uh, the Lions held the ball for 32 and a half minutes. They should have won the game. They didn't. Jared Goff completing 69.9% of his passes, 288 yards per game, a 5-2 to two TD to pick ratio. Uh, whoever the Bears throw out there at quarterback this week, I think Jared Goff's going to be the better man. And uh, I don't think you can make the Bears full three-point favorites over anybody but the Jaguars and the Jets at this point. Yep. Uh, so I'll take the three with the Lions. That number was three and a half. It's coming down. You're seeing some two and a half start to pop up. Uh, Vikings. And Browns, and I want to talk about this one in depth a little bit more on tomorrow's show because I think you and I are going to be on opposite sides of this game. I'm going to be on the Vikings for the third consecutive week, and I'll explain why tomorrow. And I'm also playing the Ravens over the Broncos, and uh, the Broncos have faced one of the weakest schedules. I want to see them do it against uh, this Ravens rushing offense, and I, I, I think this is a uh, spot where the Broncos are going to fall flat. In the past... Broncos have been horrendous in September under Vic Fangio. Yep. They're off to a good start. And I think this defense is somewhat legit. I want to see him do it against the Ravens. And I think this is going to turn out to be a pretty good spot for uh, Baltimore this week. And Justin Tucker could probably make a field goal from 75 yards at altitude. Oh, yeah. Hopefully we see he's, it. He's going to be the secret weapon this week for the Ravens. 69-yard field goal, just put it out there. <clears throat> No, but I like Baltimore. Of those three, I think I like Baltimore the least, but I'm yep. still on the Ravens' side, 
And in fact, it's at plus two. My, uh, I think in most spots right now. But so I'm not. I don't think I'll be involved in that game in nah, any way. Plus whatsoever. one and a half. Sorry, plus one and a half. What's my up? whole thing is because I don't think I'll be involved in the Ravens Broncos mm-hmm. game in any way. Because this is where I stand, which is I understand where you would question Denver's legitimacy, right? Given the opponents that they face. I think the defense is pretty legit. Right, with the offense and everything. My mm-hmm. question is, you know me, I'm kind of low on Baltimore under the win total. Don't think they're sure. winning the division. Are the Ravens actually the team to test that theory, right? Like, that's my thing. Is I think that this Ravens team has shown some pretty big flaws. I think you Lamar said, Jackson tests every defense he yeah. faces. I mean, they were lucky yeah. to beat the right. They were lucky to beat the Chiefs, lost mm-hmm. to the Raiders. So this is a team that could be sitting sure. in one win. But it, overall, the point is, uh, I understand why the play would be against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, so you know, it's it's kind of funny how people look at teams and perceive teams at this point, and you say, well, the Ravens are two and one. Well, they could easily. Easily be a, a, a different record, a yep. much worse record. The Vikings are one and two. The Vikings are this close to being three and zero, oh. and a lot of people are still looking at the Vikings like, "Yeah, it's kind of a bad football team." Well, how about we'll talk about it tomorrow too? Because I'll, yeah. I'll probably include it, and I won't be here on Friday. Which is like the like the, the perception of teams that I don't understand. The market again this week overwhelmingly in support of Seattle, mm-hmm. right? Like we could talk more in detail about under, that game. I don't game, understand but, that number either. Yeah. I, I actually thought the Niners would be three and a half point favorites right. in this game. We're seeing two and a half. Right. Uh, pop them up the board. That's one I don't get either. All right, uh, college football plays. We're running out of time, JV. So I go minutes. through these, right. and I'll Second have hour. I'll have more to add on the Thursday and Friday shows. But this is what I played so far: Notre Dame plus two and a half against Cincinnati, Oregon State minus two and a half over Washington. I did pull the trigger again, JVT, here on Stanford. I yeah. think uh, the Cardinal going to get healthy. I don't like the way Oregon's played the past couple weeks. And uh, I do believe the home dogs are going to be live this week. Stanford plus eight over Oregon. And I took the two big SEC dogs. Ole Miss plus 15. Arkansas plus 19. And I really like this. The more I look at this game, the more I like it. And I played Wisconsin plus one over Michigan. By the time we put up this graphic, the number had flipped minus one, but that's fine. I, I, like, I like Wisconsin over Michigan. And uh, I'll explain a little bit more uh, why on tomorrow's show. But uh-huh. there's... This is a game that Wisconsin's defense is going to win this week. Man, I can't wait to get to tomorrow's show. We got a movie review. We have expanded analysis on an <laughs> NFL and a college best bet. And we also have William Hill, the VSIN handicapper, tomorrow. Yes. Who's a big Yankees fan, and the Yankees are playing key games here down the stretch. All right, what do you have? Best bets? College? Nothing yet. Oh, you don't? Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. Just added that. I was saving time stuff. for you because I thought you had best bets in college. No, no, that's all I got so far. Uh, I'll be adding a couple tomorrow, though, too. And I, I will say this I will be on a. I'll be on the Arkansas side at the very least. Uh, you and I have both been pretty high on this Arkansas team. As we've I don't seen understand the number, man. 19. Yep. I said I made the number 12 and a half. I haven't been that far off on an actual number that was posted, I think, all season. Yeah, and K.J. Jefferson looks like he's mm-hmm. going to be perfectly fine, and uh, this is going to be quite the showdown. And I do wonder, you know, we talk about, like, Heis- the Heisman race, right, and how it's, like, just a two-horse race and there's not much going on. Mm-hmm. If if the if look, it's a long shot, but if they pull this off, I wonder what a guy like KJ Jefferson does to his Heisman odds, right? In terms of what he's been able to do for that offense, uh, I'm just really intrigued by a lot of these outcomes and what this weekend would mean. A lot of big games. I just want KJ Jefferson to stay focused on beating Georgia. Right. Don't don't start to fill his head with okay, Heisman sorry, hype. Sorry. Okay. All right, we're all done tomorrow. Cry macho. The review is in. <laughs> what does Matt Humans think? We'll find out. Can't wait.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.